Hi, I'm Jim. And I'm David. And this is the Practical Guitarist Podcast. The podcast for people who eat, sleep, and breathe guitar. Practical Guitarist Podcast is brought to you by Great Lakes Guitar Pickups. Great Lakes Guitar Pickups provides fantasy tones at prices a practical guitarist will love. Featuring top-notch construction, attention to detail, and a fully custom product, if you can dream it, Great Lakes Guitar Pickups can probably build it. Follow them on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pickups. Are you a regular listener? Why not? David here reminding you of all the ways you can participate in the Practical Guitarist Podcast. Subscribe using your chosen podcast app. Review us on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or Google Play. Find our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Practical Guitarist, or on Twitter as at Practical Guitarist. Support the show. Merchandise is available in our Threadless store at practicalguitaristpodcast.threadless.com. And donate to us via Patreon, available at patreon.com slash practicalguitarist. Reach out to us directly via email at questions at practicalguitarist.com. Hi, Jim. Hi, David. I I am insulted and terrified that you just did that to me. <laughs> um, I just... I just had an awesome run. All tanks. For those who know uh, who know MMOs, had an all tank run of the latest uh, uh, Dragon um, Expert Roulette. He, he's really and fucking I excited, people. It. it was awesome. All tanks. Let's see. The last no time, wipes. The last time I played a massively multiplayer online game was probably World of Warcraft, like fifteen years ago. <laughs> um. Man, there's a hole in the ground you can throw your money into. Uh, oh yeah, every month, yeah, every month. Yep. Yeah. So um, terrible. Well, I probably paid. I probably paid. Let's see. I've been playing, paying, um, not including uh, the every other year plus the initial ones. So there's been three expansion packs, sixty bucks a piece. One I paid a hundred for. Add the the. 18 16 dollars a month 22 dollars yeah, yeah. a month they I get your, they get your money's worth you play about pay about five six hundred bucks over the life of the game <laughs> dude i could yeah <laughs> i could buy another guitar right i need to i need to close this account and start buying up more that, guitars that's what i how i look at things <laughs> like god i can have my teeth fixed or i can get another guitar <laughs> all right that's fucking awful don't it? eat my teeth yeah fuck them <laughs> I'll get portioned of the veneers eventually. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, so <laughs> we have obviously had a hell of a day. We're by the way for our audience tonight. There's no set topics. We're flying blind, sort of. <laughs> there's okay, been some take- shit that's happened. We're going to address some elephants in the Facebook group, and um, yeah. Uh, yep. First, I want to take a second of silence for. Um- some sad news uh, that um, I got uh, today um, uh, was one of my uh, Facebook friends is um, Nick Bowers, and he um, or Nick Bowcut, sorry. And uh, 
he's been involved with a lot of um, heavy metal musicians, and he's written for a lot of people in the in the past. And I think he's working for Sweetwater now. Yep, he was a Marshall guy. guy. Yep. Um, anyway, uh, uh, the All That Remains guitarist um, Oli Herbert um, has passed away at forty four years old. Just forty four years old. That's pretty sad. Let's just take a second to um, remember him and to uh, wish his family the best. All right, man, we got to stop being sad on this show. This is fucking silly. Now we're going to be angry um, now. Yeah, but Oli wouldn't have wanted us to be sad too long. This is going to be, I'm sure he would not. Most people yeah. wouldn't. Um, this is going to be one of those, uh, you know, like the stages of grief and acceptance type things. Yeah. Where we move directly from like grief to anger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're not gonna go. You're not. Gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna go anywhere in between. Let's let's get that fueled anger. Look, look. I I, I now I feel bad because I probably posted the guy's information okay. in the group, but but you can always I, I had it out. to. I'll probably I'll probably have to go back and but take I would, it out. But I wouldn't. You know why? Because I don't want any of our listeners to. No, I really don't. If you want to know who this dickhead is, you can go freaking troll through the Facebook group and find the post. Um, so this doesn't have anything to do with something that went down in the Facebook group. As everybody has probably been aware, if you listened to the last two episodes, I was in the process of buying a, um, a pickup mule guitar for the show, uh, as a result of our, our association with Nick Bongers and Great Lakes pickups. Yep. Um, and guitar pickups, not pickups. We're not buying pickup trucks. Um, or getting our trash taken out. No. And so anyway, it, because of this, so we were, we, Jim and I are both in the market for pickup guitars. I thought I had scored one right away because I found an Ibanez S series. Uh, yeah. D, I believe it's a S uh, 470 DX, whatever. Ibanez is fucking model yeah, numbers suck. I think the one you got was the SPOS. Uh, no, it was just a. It, 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 we're getting there. All right. We're getting there. I, I, I follow and I followed you initially, but we're going to, yeah, Jim's correct. But the, the way we get there is what is the journey. Okay. The journey folks. And yes. I apologize. I know my microphone will be clipping throughout this entire thing. Uh, Cause I'm going to get very loud. Angry. And yes, um, I'm gonna this was, this a was a, while I laugh. A, an intense topic uh, for, for my therapy session today as well. Um, so, uh, I received the guitar yesterday afternoon. Um, I received the guitar, a gig bag and parts of a couch and pretty much nothing else. Okay. No box, <laughs> no tremolo bar, uh, missing pieces of the, um, the nut and the, the Floyd Rose nut assembly, um, which it's not a Floyd Rose. It's a, it's a zero. I've been a ZR trim, but, it's a, it's a Floyd, okay? Except it floats on a ball bearing. Um, and, okay, so, first off, I knew I wasn't going to get some of the hardware. I figured that up, up front. Um, that's not what, what pissed me off in this situation. I paid $260 for the guitar. I believe it was $50 shipping, um, which he actually paid more for the shipping costs, so that's his own damn fault. Um so it was 200 so that would have made it what like 3 315 bucks or something all said and done. So 
fair enough. Um, the guitar arrives and it doesn't arrive at my place. It arrives at my parents' place. Cause I don't, I'm not here during the day. Um, and I go to pick it up after work and I open the foyer door and laying in the floor is a guitar gig bag. And my first question was, where's the box? And my mom says there wasn't a box. And then I said, you're fucking kidding. And she said, nope, that's how it came. And I turned it over and there was a piece of tape with an address on the headstock portion of this bag. So let me, let me break this down for everyone. This went through the mail in a bag wrapped with basically couch cushion insides inside the bag. And I only know that because when I unwrapped it, we were concerned about getting bed bugs. <laughs> I mean, this thing was not packed right. USPS will not give you your fucking money if this guitar gets damaged in transit. You're muted, Jim. You're still muted. Couldn't find my couldn't find my mouse to save my life. Um, yeah, it, it, uh, what I couldn't believe. So those of you who have seen the video, yeah, there's a video um, in the Facebook group. Sure, go watch the I, unboxing. What I couldn't believe is you unbox that on top of your bed. I think I would have unboxed that like in, in, in um, on top of a um, uh, where where someone is you know being bombed. My my <laughs> wife definitely gave me shit for unboxing yeah. that on the bed. She should have, but she was also holding it. the camera. Oh, so, I know. I know. <laughs> so let's, she was yelling at she was yelling at the cat. Let's get yeah, there. We'll get there. Get the fucking cat out of there. Um. So <laughs> I open this guitar up on my bed in my house on on Facebook Live. No, I think we actually just videotaped it and then put it on Facebook. Um, yeah. which there's only a 15 minute time delay. I mean, it was like that quick. Um, I open the bag and I can see this foam insulation looking shit. And I immediately go, it, what the fuck did this guy pack this with? It literally looked like if you went to, what is that? Not, um, big lots. And you got a shitty couch and just cut it open. That and use the, that your yeah, and you cut it open and then use that crappy no. um, foam that's now here, inside of it. Here's where it gets, but you had to let your cat piss on it first. Yeah. He had to let his cat piss and shit on it. Cause it smelled like really bad. It smelled like rancid ass. This is a couch <laughs> that he clearly liked shit on all the time. He shit his pants instead of going to the bathroom. Like that's what that's this was. Drunk. Guys. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I honestly, the, I, I looked at it and I went, did this guy like buy a couch cushion from Goodwill or something? Cause I, I where do you get that? Where do you even fucking get I that? that? It's like fiber like, fill. I know there's people that are going to go, oh, it's that spray foam, you know, because you can do that. You can buy the spray foam. Oh, no. Fill. It was not spray it's foam. It's not that. It no, was not, not that. at all. No, <laughs> no. Um, it, <laughs> so w- grossness aside, I re- I plunged yep. my hand into this bag of doom. Oh, I know. And I, watched. I And I you saw the look on my face like, oh, oh I don't know if I want to do this. And I put my hand in there and I pull out the Ibanez S series. 470 DXQM and I put it on the bed which at this point smells bad the front of the guitar looks fine still hanging on my wall uh we're getting we're getting there uh the front of the guitar looks fine right there's like no dents on it there's nothing on the sides like in the the front facing um he took several pictures of this angle before he before he listed it on ebay um and the only thing you can really see from the front that's messed up is a no trim bar missing parts on the headstock then I flipped the guitar over. 
I start looking it over, and at first I'm like, ah, there's a couple dings, little stuff. Like, for a $250 guitar, I don't expect much, because this is obviously, right. I think these new were 500 bucks or $600. Right, right. So I'm like looking it over, I'm like, all right, well, to be fair, everybody in the group, you need to know, these guitars regularly go for about 300 to 350 bucks, right? You'll see them occasionally right. listed at 400 Yep. But... This particular model usually goes for three fifty to four hundred bucks. They were not super popular when they were new. They are not super popular now. Um, so I look the guitar over as some more, and I'm rolling around in the video, and you can see. Uh, then I start seeing the real problems. Okay, there is a giant crack. It's about four inches. It runs from the tremolo cavity back to not where the strap pin is, but just south of the strap pin. Um, on the Ibanez gem, there's a um, there's a place where you plug in the cable there, the, the socket. It's right there on the guitar. So just just south of the strap pin by about three inches. And if you look at this, if you look at the crack, it actually goes through the body and wraps around. Okay, almost and the Ibanez uh, the S series is a very round shape. It's it's a carved top through and through, backside and front side. So it's pretty clear to me in looking at the crack that the crack is probably through the body. Uh, it's not all the way through the body, but it's definitely through the body to some extent, at least on that side. OK, so I kind of peek in and I look at the, the cavity a little bit. There's not really any cracking going on inside the cavity that I can see with the naked eye. But uh, the Ibanez Estrem, the assembly actually blocks my view somewhat. So it makes it a little bit more difficult to see that kind of thing. The other thing I quickly noticed was on the upper forearm contour, on the back side, the guitar had been dropped, okay? And it and it took a hard hit to that forearm contour. I mean, it's, it's pretty jacked up. And the finish is all, of course, since it's a clear finish, it just turned white. And you can see where the wood is dented really bad and all that. So immediately you got finish problems, like major finish problems and a potential crack in the guitar. Even to just fix the finish problems, you're looking at several hundred dollars for repair. Uh, probably about 200 bucks, I would think, two to three hundred dollars. Because they're going to have to strip the back of the guitar, re-clear it. I'm not doing that anyway. This is the whole point. But but if you were going to make the argument, oh, well, I'll pay for the damage. You've already totaled the guitar, man. Um, so. Now, as I'm looking at the guitar more, I find some other little dense dings. There's some buckle rash. No big deal in the buckle rash. You kind of expect that with the used guitar anyway. Um, and I, I notice also that the knobs are not the original knobs, which is fine. I was going to replace those anyway. Um, so at this point, I have already made the decision. By the end of the video, you can see I, I say the F word. And then I basically make the decision at that point that I'm going to go directly off the video to eBay and start the process. So I take pictures, I obviously document everything um, and then go to eBay. And I, I don't know if anybody's ever been to the eBay arbitration process. I have 43 purchases on eBay in my account. Um, I probably have bought more stuff than that over the years, but in this account, I only have 43 purchases and I'm looking and I'm going, I don't think I've ever done this. And, they were, and it dawns on me. I have never actually uh, had to request a, a replacement or something something to that effect go back to somebody after the after the purchase and say something so i get back in there and i look around and i find the place where you click to to start a case now i'm figuring at this point ebay is going to take over so i write a very factual explanation of what i'm seeing and how it doesn't match the original listing right 
because the original listing had, I think five or six pictures. You can go to the thread in the group and you can see them. Um, because it has the original listing up there. Uh, the pictures do not show the neck. There's a neck pocket crack. They do not show the upper bout crack, or the, I guess it's not upper bout. It's where the forearm contour is on the backside. They do not show the body crack that is through, that is potentially through the body. And, um, they don't show really some of the missing hardware. I mean, they don't highlight it. It's in the picture, but it's like down in the corner, which is why I didn't, I missed it initially. But stupid me, I should have looked for that. I, as far as I'm concerned, that's my fault. Now, here's where it gets interesting. So I, so I put in this kind of factual ticket, and I say, look, I'm not. I, you know, I realize that a lot of these problems are purely aesthetic, but the reality is, I bought a guitar assuming that it was going to at least look halfway decent, and we've got some serious problems here in terms of in terms of a body crack and a, a potential neck pocket damage. You know, um, I also mentioned that he shipped it like shit. And that there will be no insurance coverage for the shipping, which there won't. If you ship a guitar in a gig bag with padding inside, that is not an approved list of containers for uh, either USPS, no. UPS, FedEx, okay. DHL. Well, none of those companies say, will back. Now, you. did you say that this was USPS? Yes, this was USPS. All right, I can't believe that a USPS rep. Now, I can, I, I can believe it, but I can't believe that they would. On a regular basis, accept something. I've like seen that. I've seen crazier things. Believe it or not, I saw I saw a guitar neck one time come in to the UPS or USPS location. Literally, just a neck with a label on it. No. I'm I'm not even kidding. No padding, nothing. Neck label. That was it. So occasionally, some stupid shit happens and shit slips through. Right. So this is an example of that where the rep should have been like. You know, it's probably one of those mailbox, et cetera, places or something. That's what I, that's what I'm figuring. Cause they're just like, fuck it, throw it in the truck, you know, instead of, instead of actually doing their damn job and making sure the thing's boxed up. Now let's back up for a minute. So if you remember from prior episodes, I mentioned probably that the guy came to me and he said, Hey, you use PayPal to pay for this. Is there any way you can back that out and we can pay some other way, which I right. responded and I said, no, fuck no, because I want to be protected. OK, and you should want me to be protected, too, because then I feel comfortable spending money with you. All right. So I explained to him, you know, hey, look, I know they have a holding period. You can call PayPal as soon as I receive the guitar and get the holding period taken off. However, not if there's a ticket filed, in which case there's a ticket filed. So fuck you. You're not getting your money back, you son of a bitch. Or you're not getting my yeah. money, you son of a bitch. Yeah. Um, so now here's where we are, right? I yep. sent him a message that night, which I thought was going back to eBay directly. So it was completely dispassionate. I'm sure that's part of the reason why I got the message I got in the morning. But I got a very long-winded message about how uh, I'm a scammer. Apparently, I'm trying to rip him off of his hard-earned money. Because he doesn't do uh, returns. He doesn't do returns. So apparently that's now my fault that he doesn't do returns. Now, let me explain something. The no return policy has to do with returning something because you don't like it. Or it's because, uh, you know, it, it's functional. Like, it, as long as it's functional and it's as described, a no return policy can apply, right? You, you can't send it back and expect your money back. Totally understand that. 
everything should be no return as far as that's concerned on, on eBay. However, if you don't adequately describe the item, by the way, when you look at this listing, it's in the Facebook group, you'll see there's not a fucking line that describes the guitar in question. Not a fucking word is said. Okay? So I'm led to believe that the guitar is at least in halfway decent shape. Now, me being the smart ass that I am, I look at it and I go, it's 250 bucks. There's obviously some stuff wrong with this guitar. However, a four-inch crack through the body should have put this thing in the fucking garbage. I'm sorry. That, that, that's ridiculous. You don't sell your trash to people, okay? If you want to sell your trash to people, list it as trash. Don't list it as a guitar that's worth $250. This is fucking horse shit, okay? I, 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 I honestly was so pissed off this morning after I got this message from where he was calling me a scammer. Are you fucking kidding me, man? Are you fu- How am I the scammer? Who's the one getting ahead here? You pawned your shitty ass piece of garbage off on me, you son of a bitch. And then you want to act like I'm fucking scamming? Screw you. Like, I need your fucking Texas hillbilly money. Bullshit. I, no offense to anyone who lives in Texas. I used to live there myself. But this guy, I'm telling you, anybody who packs a fucking guitar with an old couch is a fucking hillbilly. Um, so now... I'm left to pick up the pieces to this whole shenanigan fucking disaster. And I got a message from him as part of this whole thing, calling me the scammer. He also mentions in there that um, I'm taking advantage of him because he doesn't have much money and he spent his last money basically shipping me the guitar. And you had no fucking business listing that thing on eBay, you dumb son of a bitch. I'm sorry, but I don't have any sympathy for somebody who spends their last $50 to sell something on eBay. That is. That is a musical instrument. It's not something you need to live. You could have walked your happy ass down to the pawn shop and got the $50 they'd give you for that thing because it ain't worth any more than that. It just isn't. You put that thing up on Craigslist and you watch how many people come out and see that guitar and then tell you to go fuck yourself. Like, that's that's what's, what's just insanely irritating to me about this is that he sits there and he insults me but doesn't realize that he's trying to take advantage of, well, I, I, and I think he probably does realize that he's trying to take advantage of other people. Now, so fast forward, I write him a letter this morning and I basically, and I, and I'm pretty, and I'm pretty dickish with him, but I said, look, you know, I understand where you're coming from. You're saying that these things are extraneous problems. Um, let me explain why I don't think they are. And let me also explain how you violated the terms of service of eBay and uh, expecting me not to return this to you. And how this is a problem. So then um, I waited pretty much all day to hear a response from him. I'm going to check while I'm on the podcast here right now. We may be reading one aloud. Um, I I responded again the second time because I reread his message and I said, you know what? I want to make sure I nip this in the bud. I want to make sure that he gets a, an adequate response that covers the bases that he set up. I have two responses from him. Um, so my next response was basically, look, man, I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, obviously this does not look kosher to you. Uh, you need to understand some things about how eBay works and you need to understand that you're in the wrong. And look, I, I feel, I do feel bad for you. If you legitimately do not understand the rules of eBay, you should be taking some time out to figure them out before you go forward. And I explained some things about shipping and how you can't get insurance on something that's shipped that way. 
which means you've already fucked me because if the guitar is damaged, I have nothing to claim against. You have nothing to claim against. Okay. Now there are some scams that go off on eBay where people will ship something that's pre-damaged and insure it so that they, they can then claim it when it gets, when it gets to the other end and the person's pissed off. I'm not totally sure that that's what's going on here, but it's a possibility. Okay. So let's, let's read message number one. I'm sure these came in as he read my other messages. Okay. Um, So now he's he's going coming into an understanding sounds like you would accept a hundred dollar partial refund. No, you'd also be keeping the item. However, in the next sentence, you say you won't keep it. So definitively, would you like a hundred dollars back or will you be shipping it back? When will you ship? I'll ship it fucking tomorrow. I'll ship it tonight if I can fucking get it out of here. Um, th- That's a good that's a good message. I can't get this piece of shit out of my possession fast enough. That's that's where I'm at right now. I literally cannot get this piece of shit out of my house. Um, in my in my storage area out here, I have placed the guitar. Okay, it is or not the guitar, the, the 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 gig bag for the guitar because the gig bag is fucking ruined as a result of the packing materials. So what I, my intention will be is to go to my local music retailer, Good Time Music, and ask them for a box. Okay. I will place said guitar in gig bag, maybe wrapped in plastic, okay, with cardboard underneath the strings, and I won't ship the guitar tuned up, which that's fucking brilliant, by the way, um, so that I won't tear his guitar up any further. I will place it into a nice box in the bag that is thoroughly wrapped and blocked so that the bag is not going to shift around in the box. And this guy will get his guitar back in just the shape shape that I received it. Um, now let's read his second message. Okay. Ship it back and I'll refund. I have no issue with that. And that's, I'm going to respond right now. I, uh, he probably, he probably had a little time to sober up <clears throat> um, from his last thing. I mean, let's face it. He, you know, he, he, uh, he tried to sell you a POS and, he realized you're not going to fall over. He tried the bullying technique. It's an he instant probably response. talked to some of his buddies who were like, dude, you're going to get fucked. That's yep. probably what happened. Yep. Like you have no idea. The thing yep. is, the reason people don't like eBay anymore is because they always side with the buyer. I mean, yeah. they, they want to keep commerce going. You don't side with the seller. You side with the buyer. You need those people. Okay there's plenty of sellers on eBay to go around. So exactly. Um, I'm going to, I'm sending a message right now. It says, send me your address. I will get it out to you as soon as possibly. Probably, probable tomorrow, probably tomorrow. I yep. can't even read my own writing. Cause I'm so fucking mad. I'm going to stop by my local guitar store and get, and get materials to ship it. I would get, yeah, I would stop by. See if I'm, you go to good time all the time. I'd get one of those oh, guitar I'm, boxes. I have an appointment at good time tomorrow. Yeah. I'd get one of those guitar boxes, you know, those kind of almost triangular things, throw it in one of those and ship it out. Yeah. Uh, Pat will take care of me. He knows that he and knows put that, put that piss smell and shitty freaking stuff right back. Oh in that no, bag. I, I no, Jim, as soon as I got done with that video, I literally walked it out to the garbage, opened the bag and let it all fall in there. I just said, fuck it. And yeah. walked away. Like this enough is enough. That's, yep. that's just totally un- unacceptable. Yeah. yeah. It's just insane. Well, 
let's go on happier notes now. <laughs> and I said, huh, I'm going to stop by my local guitar store and get materials to ship it tomorrow. I'll keep you in the loop. I might even take a, some time off work to accomplish this for him because I'm a nice fucking guy. And for the Good record, guy. I would not, I, I did mention in the group that I would light this guitar on fire if, if it ended up staying in my possession. Um, I would not have done that. Okay. Cooler heads prevail after you think about things, after you say them, obviously like Jared Dines, I have recanted what I originally said. This guitar right. had it ended up staying in my possession. Thank fucking God. It's not, right. I, I would have, I would have donated it to, there's a local charity that gives uh, yeah. musical instruments out, out to people at Christmas time. And, uh, Pat, Pat runs a donation thing through good time music store where he has in the past. I don't know if he's doing it this year. I'm, pro- I'm pretty sure he probably is. They fix them up before they send them out. So I would yeah. have brought it in and let him take care of it and just donate it and be done with it. Yep. So, so we had a, we had a couple of people who brought up pedals today in the group, uh, shifting, shifting a little bit. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Ron, ja- Ra- Ra- Ram Jorn, Ram Jorn. I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name and I, I apologize because I'm sure I butchered it. Um, and feel free to butcher mine. Uh, Ram Jordan asked, uh, topic, is anyone else shocked and annoyed, which I am, by the positive reaction to the release of what are essentially the same pedals year after year? I don't, I don't even think you have to wait till year after year to find out that, that companies are doing this. And along with that, because I kind of want to throw these in together, uh, Dan Kish asked, anyone else here not in big into pedals? I like my old processor. I've had it for almost 20 years. When it comes to pedals, there's only two that I feel I must have. And these would be my HM2 heavy metal for sweet Swedish death metal sound and the Pussy Belter. Cool. That's got to be a new one in his, in his uh, arsenal. I love that Steel Panther 80s hair metal sound, and it's a hilarious pedal. I've actually thought about um, getting that, and then I said, ah. I can, I'm sure I can get something else that'll sound familiar or similar, but I do I, I do need that '80s hair metal thing for a couple of songs that I do with the the band I'm in. All that said, um, first let's let's tackle the the first half of that, and that's companies keep coming out with the same fucking pedal over and over. I mean, I, I'm kind of guilty in that I bought the Paisley Deluxe, but I bought the Paisley Deluxe which is the Paisley with an underdog. And Brian literally came out and said, the reason I'm doing the Paisley Deluxe the way it is, is that I'm not going to do the underdog again. That was put out for a specific reason. And it was for a friend who was um, needing cancer uh, treatments, and they raised money. He got no, I, I think he paid for parts on that, but, you know, distribution costs and such. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, all the proceeds went to the friend that was, um, whether the friend is still around or not, um, he has never mentioned, but, um, that I can remember, but, uh, yeah, he, he so that, that makes sense. It's a different pedal. It's the same pedal, but they added a little money because I'm getting two pedals. I got the underdog and the, and the Paisley, which I really like, but I don't think I'd buy the Paisley deluxe too. Cause now we put the, we put the jacks on the side. Now we're going to put them on the bottom. Now we're going to put them on the top. I mean, it's like, well, uh, yeah, there usually is also some updating going on with like the bypass circuit and stuff in his pet and his pedals. I know he went from, uh, the, re- the regular triple pull, double throw switch to a relay based, uh, uh, 
true bypass switch. So that may be part of the reason why he's gone to the newer model. Right. I don't think, I don't think what, uh, and of course, Rob, John, if we're, if I'm uh, misunderstanding you, please, uh, please correct us. But I don't think what Rob is asking was that. I think it's, it's, it's like every time we turn around, this is the very best that we've ever, now this is the very best one. And no, no, wait you're a talking. To, you're talking about this the, the yeah. Okay, so is the very best one we've ever seen. I was kind and of this blacking whole hype out. Thing, right. This I know you were typing. This whole hype thing is um, it's just getting to me because um, we're seeing we're seeing this this uh, incredible surgence of every day. Another company is coming out with the same f and pedal. The other company came out with this. Wampler was talking about it. He talked about it on uh, Chasing Tone the other day. He's saying like part of the reason why he's not doing 50 fucking drive pedals anymore is because literally every day a new drive pedal comes out. It's really cool. Right. And the market's super oversaturated. It's, it's got to be. I mean, I mean, when you watch here's here's my example. When you watch um, that pedal show and they say, hey, we're going to do we're going to do the uh, the Dumble overdrive shootout, all the Dumble inspired overdrive pedals. And they have eight of them on a fucking board. And, the, and, the, and that's only like this tiny fraction yeah. of all of them that are out there. Eight of the same fucking concept, right? Now, right. granted, I could see three. So you'd have like, here's the one you use with, you know, with going direct into the board. And here's the one you use, you know, I get it. Like, there should be some variety. But eight? I mean, that's a yeah. pretty specific fucking thing. Yeah, and, and so you're you're looking at this this uh, this I believe market saturation, especially in the drive and distortion type pedals. Well, and the thing is, a lot of these companies, these boutique companies and builders, no disrespect to any of them, I'm I'm friends with with quite a few actually. Um, it, listen, these guys are not motivated to make a lot of money. Most of them have day jobs. Okay, they're doing it because they because they have like a little side gig. They might make a little bit of money doing it and they have fun doing it. And that's cool. That's always been been a thing that's always existed. Maybe not, you know, with the branding and the professional level of pedal that you can you can buy from some guy operating out of his garage right now. But yes, like you said, it's market saturation. If you're if you're really into gear, you know about every obscure, creepy, little weird pedal company there is. Um. The ones that rise to the top, a lot of times they become bigger companies. Uh, perfect example is Wampler, uh, Keeley's company, um, Zvex. Some of these companies have a pretty loyal following, and that's how they get there. Nothing wrong with that. But oh. I just don't like the fact, like, here's the classic example. Tube Screamers, right? I have a Tube Screamer Mini in my hand right now. Um, there are... At least five Tube Screamers probably being produced now by Ibanez. I believe they're still doing the TS. So they have a TS-808 hand-wired. I think they have another TS-808. They have a TS-9. I think they still do the TS-9DX. That's four. And then the TS-Mini, right? Yeah. And, that, and they have the one with the new tube. So that's, you know, that's six. Think about that. That company is riding that wave hard. All right. They have six or seven different designs of Tube Screamer at any given time. I'm, I, it's mind boggling to me. That's just and them. 
That's then not, how many clones are there? Some That's companies have more than next. one. Yeah. Earthquaker has more than one. It's 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 mind boggling. And, and folks, if you hear me snuff, sniffling, I've I've got a cold, so I'm, yeah, I just pretend it's me. I'm usually the one doing it. Yeah, but um, uh, it, it, there's this there's this incredible need for some reason of people to. This is this is the thing. Somebody said, "Well, it's not two hundred dollars more for the next one." No, but it's two hundred dollars to go get it because you're going to trade. You get you get one. You're like, "Oh man, this is the best thing since sliced bread." YouTuber Pete Thorne told me that. I put it on my pedal board. Oh yeah, and then you go. I just I just demoed this one, and it's even better than the last one. Shit! Now I got to go take that back to the store. Now I got to get that one because Pete Thorne told me it was better. Because Phil McKnight told right. me it was better. And that's because, and, um, and that's where we're getting into problems here, too, because it's not about better. It's it, There is no such thing. It's totally subjective. Right. I don't like tube screamers. Everybody, look at, listen, I don't fucking like tube screamers. I don't. And, I've and had two that one's not three. Mail to me? I fucking know, Jim. I know. Why is the other one sitting there with the, in a Why box? Why is that blues driver over there in the corner? Gotta, <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> because we both have lives. So, so wait, um, so wait, so wait. No, let me let me explain. I've had three of these in my guitar playing career. Three of and these you, specifically. And you've never liked them, and I bought them for different purposes. Um, th- there is one reason to own a tube screamer, and I know I'm going to get shit on. There's going to be somebody in the group who's like, "You're wrong. You're wrong." Listen, for me, there is one reason to own a tube screamer, and that's you're if you're going to have tubes. exactly. You want to have a low roll off and a mid range hump. No other fucking reason to have a tube screamer. I don't even need a gain control on one. And 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 what kind of guitar does it work best with? Oh, I think anything that that it's more about the amp, really. Yeah. So well, I think it's more about. Um, I think Gibsons have enough mid range. Although I'm not saying that a tube screamer is not necessary. Yeah, it's a lot harder to get a, get like a Les Paul to sound good with a tube screamer. It right. sure whereas, as fuck is. Right, but whereas with a um, uh, a single coil. <laughs> Stratocaster, GNL. So, so anyway, um, so yeah, that I, I think that, um, and I'm not blaming. Believe me, I'm not putting down Pete Thorne or Phil McKnight or anybody like that. They're doing they do what they're what supposed they do. to do. Like they review that's pedals what and they talk about them. They're not telling you to go out there buy the newest one. No, I've if never really the, seen like anybody say like you should go buy this pedal. Like yeah, you should get rid of everything you have and buy this one. You pedal, only need this, you know. <laughs> but. Um, I mean, you watch. Um, well, you could you could say that about a helix, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but if you, yeah, now that that's a different thing altogether. But if you, and and honestly, I'm I'm thinking next year I might go in that direction and make it a lot easier on myself. I don't have to bring a board with all this stuff and a power supply. And the, but anyway, oh no, it's still fucking heavy, Jim. Trust me, the helix is really heavy. Yeah, but it's it's a thing that doesn't have a whole bunch of the, every moving part, every wire that's in there. That's where true. The helix that's true. Have, it's a point of failure, right? Right. I, I think you're getting into like infinitesimal level points of failure, but yes, I agree that there is some convenience to the fact that you don't have to worry about like stepping on a cable there or is. something. There is. Plus I can leave the I can leave mine here and take the helix on the gigs. But anyway. Right, right, right. because uh, mine would be more for this what we do now is the yep. podcast. Yep. But anyway, so um what was I getting to? Oh yeah. Ow. The <laughs> <laughs> I hit so my head on the microphone, folks. Right. For right. So right now, my pedal, my go to pedal that's almost always on is my Paisley Deluxe. Yeah, I can yeah, believe if, that. I, if I'm not playing a clean tone, 
Paisley Deluxe is on. I either got the Paisley side or the underdog side. And most of the time, folks, it's the underdog side. Sometimes I use the Paisley side to boost the underdog side. Yeah. I can't so, wait till I get my King of Tone. What's that? I can't wait till I get my King of Tone. Yeah. It is officially over a two-year wait at this point. It's two days then, over a two-year wait. So um, for those interested, uh, a small break first, a, a small ad break. Don't yeah. forget, we are um, we are sponsored by Nick Bongers at uh, Great Lakes Guitar, Guitar Pickups <laughs> Design. So please check them out. And uh, the other thing is, um, yeah, we're we're uh, we are about to do our one year uh, recording. We actually yes. are recording today. We we used to take a one or two weeks to get these things out. We've gotten where David literally tonight when we is get a very done, special night, Jim. He 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 finishes mixing this while we discuss stuff afterwards and laugh, um, and then he puts it up right away. Yeah, so you guys get these things fresh. They're they're fresher like than fifteen a minutes. Breath. Fifteen minutes after we finished recording, it's up. Yeah, so um, we we really streamlined that process. It's it's come a long ways. Um, because of that, um, next week we're going to record our one year, and we want some ideas. I was thinking maybe bring some people. We need to have no. L- listen, we're going to have an extravaganza next week. We're going to do a Google Hangout or something. Yeah. And we're going to have whoever wants to join from the Facebook group. If you listen to this episode, you're going to hear. Look for the yep. details in the Facebook group a couple right. of days before we do it. And then when we do it, just hop on. We'll be on for a couple hours. We'll do we'll do like a right. two hour, three hour thing. We'll we'll sit and we'll we'll drink. Pick a couple Not, beers. You can have a, you can have beers. We can have drunk a soda episode too. Virtual virtual, <laughs> virtual hangout. Yeah, well, I can only have two. If I have a if I have a third one. You guys would not want to hear what. Oh my god! <laughs> I can tell you all that it is extremely entertaining, but also shocking and yeah. frightening. <laughs> well, I was in the navy for a long time. So. Yes, he, he, that, um, yeah. and I've been I've been to places that you guys would uh, it would it would uh, curl your curl your hairs. Um. Anyway, and situation. Oh, anyway, let's not um, talk about that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, band wise and otherwise. <laughs> so, um. Moving right along, though, let's get back into the thing. So as far as my pedal, um, my go-to pedal, my need-to-have pedal, if I didn't have any of the other ones except for my tuner, I think anybody who doesn't have a tuner, at least some type of tuner, is, is being silly. Um, but uh, um, And that would be my, my uh, Paisley uh, Overdrive right now, or my Paisley Deluxe. What would be your go-to pedal, the one you have to have no matter what? You go out there. You've got to have this pedal. If you told me no. I could only have one pedal. Yep, just one. Just one. I would, your I, you know what I'm going to say. Yeah, I'm, but you get to say the Helix. You cannot no, say the Helix. No, I'm not going to say the fucking Helix. Hell right. no. I know what you're no, going to say. I'm the Analog Man Sunface. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I'm fortunate as hell that I started this show the moment I found the pedal that's probably going to have to be buried with me. Yeah. Um granted I don't use it all the time. I don't. Honestly, lately I've just been plugging straight into an amp. I mean, or I'm using the helix to do this, basically the same thing. Although tonight I created a tone using a Mark four, uh, amp, uh, some impulse response. I think it's a Mesa boogie four by 12 with Celestian V thirties. And, uh, 
tape delay stereo. Oh. And um, I don't need any cue. And I have, I sound like Steve Vai. And I threw on, uh, I threw on a DS1 in the beginning and I tweaked yep. the settings and I got it just like Vi with the DS1. So Really? Yeah. That'd be an interesting, that'd be an interesting um, uh, demo. Yeah. I mean, so I know that people, so here's the thing. If I was to do this as a demo, people are going to say, it doesn't sound like Vi on, you know, uh, for the love of yeah. God or whatever. For the love and, of God or it doesn't sound like no, Vi. But it on, sounds like uh, Vi if you were Yankee sitting in the fuck, if you were going to sit in the fucking room with him, this is what Vi sounds like. Like that's, right. that's what I go for. So, um, right. now I've never sat in the room with Vi, so that could be a totally different experience than what I'm anticipating. But, uh, I will tell you this, Vi sounds. a guitar clinic that he did a long time ago and I can't remember what it was. Vi sound is not yep. what people think it is. You know, everybody's like, oh, it's the DS1 and it's the three DD3s he runs and, the, you know, his <coughs> signature overdrive or whatever and the legacies. That's what does it all. Listen, right. 95% of his sound can be had with, with a fucking Ibanez RG plugged into a Marshall DSL 50. I'm, I'm dead serious. Like, honestly, the guitar has so much impact on his his sound specifically. That basswood body. And the richness and the like, the full range of harmonics that it produces, it's it's much the shape and the shut up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm pointing at my my basswood RG that's behind I w- me. I, well, Jim, I probably should mention it. I went to Guitar Center today and I played a fucking RG 550 Genesis, and I played uh, two Jim Juniors. And- you which one? Which one did you like the best? I, I think Honestly. I think we should let the audience decide. No. Um, they should decide I, so, what you like the best. I the AZ. No, <laughs> no, they had an AZ there too. And I I played that for a minute, but um, so the Genesis has better pickups, obviously, than a Gem Junior. A Gem Junior is shit. It's a shitty guitar. I'm I'm gonna be straightforward with you right now. Um, well, when you say shitty guitar, be specific. it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit what I'm doing in in the sense that look, it's a mahogany body. And so is my uh, my blue S five hundred, and it has the same quality of timbre in the upper register that 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 S five hundred does, which works well for a Strat, but for a double humbucker equipped guitar, it doesn't work so well. Um, yeah, they're they're slightly heavy guitar. They're not any heavier than my others. Um, and you know, as you know, I've got some eleven pound or ten pound Strats or some shit. It's they're really really heavy. They're as heavy yeah. as a Les Paul. Um, and, uh, so I would be totally comfortable buying one. Uh, the bridge sucks on the gem. The bridge is a garbage version. Uh, Ibanez, a licensed Floyd. Um, it has no replacement knife edges available for it. So once you wear out the knife edge, you're done, uh, insert new tremolo. So that that's okay. I guess I could live with that. Um, I, I, the reason I'm looking at these two guitars in particular is they have pick guards. So, um, I have an appointment with Pat at Good Time Music tomorrow to help me pick out a guitar that can accommodate what I need to do with it. Now, all things being equal, uh, I'm leaning towards the Gem Junior because I like the neck better. It's a Wizard Three. Um, the yep. Genesis neck is what they call a Super Wizard. Oh, me, it's not the Wizard Two or the Wizard oh, Three. Oh no, 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 no. When you when, uh. let me explain to you the difference in dimensions. Okay, I believe the Wizard Three is 22 millimeters thick. The Super Wizard 
at the 12th fret is 17 millimeters thick. Wow. <laughs> it is like that a is fucking a piece of paper. Pack. Now, I that get the allure, right? right? So yep. when you play a Strat neck, right, it fits your hand. It's like it's like putting a fist in your hand because it's a, it's a bigger neck. Um, right. When you play one of those giant Les Paul necks, it's like a tree trunk. Yep. Well, I could say some really gross stuff. I'm not going to. Um, some old uh, some old tellies are like that. Yeah. That's I've why never I played never an old telly. A lot of tellies. I'll tell you what. I played a Les Paul the other day at freaking Guitar Center. It was a uh-huh. – um, it was a – let me see if I can find it. Uh it was a I played Epiphone. a Telecaster. I want to say it was from the 60s, and that thing felt like I was playing a Louisville Slugger. Well, I'm going to suggest this one to you because your guitar center probably has one. Yeah. Um, I, I, if I can find it, I, I'm going to tell you so you can go play it, and then you can tell me what you think of it. Um, I believe it's a 60s reissue or something. Yeah. Um, they, got it, one on the, they got one on the wall. I was looking at it. Uh, Four grand. No, no, no. no. Not a Gibson. An Epiphone, Jim. Oh, <laughs> um, it has a push pull boost on it. I, that I do know. Maybe it says. Oh, is it the traditional um, pro? What's that? Is it a traditional pro? Yeah, traditional pro too. Probably right. Yeah. Have you, yeah. Yeah. Well, the one I played I, one of those. The one I picked up the other day, the neck was like a freaking. It was. I. Huge. It was the biggest neck I've ever played without it. without a doubt. Loved it. I oh, I fucking it. hate that thing, dude! How can you fucking play that piece of shit? Oh, it was awesome. Was it satin? It was awesome. Was your was the one you played satin? Yeah. Okay. Satin, satin neck, um, uh, traditional pro two. I like the I feel love of the big neck. Fat neck. Yeah, but it looked like it was covered in plastic. Yeah, I knew that I'd have to take sandpaper to it. Oh yeah, because I'm like looking at that satin finish. I'm like, this is this is hilarious. Like, yeah. <laughs> they really think somebody's going to play this. You know? <laughs> well, it's like my strat. I I know that once my strat wears in a little bit, I'm going to have to take some some sandpaper to the neck. Well, so yeah, and I could see like that. That's not a modification, in my opinion. That's, that's no. player preference, right? Um, it sucks because it's something you 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 do that permanently alters the guitar. But at the same time, it's like, look, if you can't play it that way, you can't play that way. I don't have excessively sweaty hands. I don't have I, that problem with the with with um, PRSs or um, Les Pauls. It's because they use a reason, different type of urethane. That's why. Yeah, for some reason, the urethane on the back of the um, strats tends to get sticky over time. Right. So my S five hundred, it's satin finish. The one that's right behind me that I'm pointing at, the blue one I have is not. Um, it's I've never felt sticky at all on it. Um, right. The Ibanez AZ, which is supposed to be basically an unfinished neck, uh, it's a baked maple. It gets oily as shit, man. Like it's, I, it legitimately slowed me down. I was like, "What the fuck?" Um, yeah. But I have that that Shengze, which is like the cheapest urethane known to man. No problem. I can play it. No problem. Two three hours sweating. No big deal. Wow. So now, yeah. So my my um, CE has a satin. So that bolt-on uh, maple satin neck, I've never, ever gotten anything. I think the one I'm getting, I'll have to check again. But I think the, the neck on the um, the, uh, the the Stratocaster I purchased is a satin neck. I think. Um, I think. It's, a, it's a Mexican standard from 2008. If it's like the Jimmy Vaughn satin finish, it's not really a satin finish. It's a uh, semi. It's like a semi gloss thing. Semi, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my S five hundred, which might not be as bad. The S five hundred satin finished I have is like a true satin. It, it almost feels like there's no finish on it. 
It's yeah. My my deluxe um, American Strat has a um, it's a really it's a beefy neck, mm-hmm. and it has a a much more. It's got Your a deluxe. Um, what year is that? Do you know? Two thousand. Yeah. Okay. I've had I had a ninety nine. Uh, yeah, it's same standard. guitar. Yeah, so yeah, it's the same guitar. It's 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 nice, but it, it tended to get sticky. And my my uncle told well, me. I just think you think. Said, I think it's kind of funny. You think it's chunky, man, compared to this fucker. Like that's nothing. Oh yeah. And it's so. Could you imagine when I'm shopping for guitars this weekend? I yeah. I played the Epiphone Les Paul Traditional Pro, and then went and then played an Ibanez RG. Well, you got to remember. Okay, so <laughs> when I bought my Strat, that was the first Strat I ever bought. I'd never owned a Stratocaster before that. Right, right. And so when I purchased it, um, I wanted something um, that was truly, you know, it's got the maple neck and it's got the maple um, fretboard. Sure, sure, sure. It is a possibility that that, because it was, I bought it used, I got it for 500 bucks. It is a possibility, although I don't know um, 100%. They didn't they did ma- did maple maple necks, though. That's It's probably did. not like, it's probably not likely, so. Yeah. Um, it's probably original. Like you only yeah. see that really like crazy part swapping shit. I I don't see it frequently. When you see it, it's like usually guitars from you know pre nineteen seventy. So, right. Um. So uh, most of what they make is pretty standard right now. Anyway, I mean, unless you get the artist series and stuff like that, where you got V shapes and things like that going on. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think the shape of the neck is the bigger issue with the Ibanez thing. So they're yep. thin, but they're D. They're they're very like they feel yes. like a D or what they would consider a U, I guess. A hard yeah, D. Yeah, U shape. They they call um, it a U, yeah. A hard D. But it's a shallow U. <laughs> a hard D. Yeah, a hard D. <laughs> so if you want to put your hands on a you want to get your hands around a hard D. Personally, I like a soft V. But <laughs> that's that's kind of my thing. And you can ask my wife about it. She'll she'll tell you that I prefer soft V necks. Oh. So anyway, like the Clapton, like the Clapton, get the get your fucking mind out of the gutter. You guys, you guys have your minds in the gutter. Yeah, filthy bastards. All right, so moving along. Um, uh, <laughs> I had to, I had to. I've been working on that joke for a really long time, Jim. I had to do it. It's a good one. It's a good one. So, um, yeah, I I've been actually playing this I, Ibanez, or yeah, Ibanez. The RG that I have. Yeah. So I, for folks that don't know, I have an RG. I'll put up a picture of it. <laughs> it's a very special RG. <laughs> it's well, it's an RG four twenty. Well, yeah, I know why you're playing it right now, right now, Jim, because it's yeah. it's it's the well, season. I bought it. Yeah, I bought it. Yeah, I bought it. Um, for so folks, it's got a. I'll put up a picture, but there's a, a really spider embarrassing web in it, but it's spider not, web. <laughs> it is not a spider web like it's painted. This no, thing it's is etched. deeply yeah. grooved. And it came that way. And when I say deeply grooved, that thing's a good, what, eighth of an inch? Yeah, uh, they, use an the, inch they use an eighth of an inch router bit on this fucker. Yeah, it's it's no bullshit. Uh, basswood body, maple neck. Um, I'm not sure what the fretboard is. I'd have to uh, look it's, it up. It's, uh, it's rosewood. But I bought this thing, geez, almost 10 years ago for $300. And it's still $300. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's it, it's maintained its value, and it, I'm not getting weird of it. But um, uh, Floyd Rose, well, actually, Arbe, I'm sorry, Ibanez's own, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, bri- or, uh, the, yeah, they're, they're uh, double locking bridge, right? They don't even, yep. they call it a locking tremolo. They don't even have like a name yeah. for it. It's just a locking no. tremolo. 
Oh yeah, Ibanez does it itself. What what Ibanez did that's really a big boost is um, those of you who have had a locking tram usually have screws and you lock the screws down. Ibanez put this little like roller um, so that you can you can adjust it with one point rather than adjusting it like yeah two points. Um, and and supposedly it's more stable that way. Has a has some different spring systems. You open up the back of one. They got a whole bunch of different shit. Like I, so the edge tremolo is very, very similar to a modern Floyd Rose. It right. that the things that I like about them is they're comfortable. Like Floyd yeah. Rose, if you've ever played one, they're not exactly the most comfortable bridge in the world. The, the, have, the new yeah. pro, the new pro one, the I think it's the Pro Two or whatever. It's is a lot more comfortable than the original was. Yeah, yeah. So well, my my um. SE has uh, a Floyd Rose, Floyd Rose. Mm. It's, but it's not the two. So it's not the yeah. super comfortable. I know what you're talking about. So, yeah, that's why I, I was really excited to get that ZR trim on the guitar that I'm about to ship back. And my <laughs> smile just got really fucking wide. Um, it's terrible, isn't it? Yes, it's, no, it's fucking wonderful. It, Jim, I'm celebrating. Like, I feel like I should get off the podcast and go to the bar and have a drink, even though I don't drink. Um, anyway, so... I, I was excited because I was like, I know that bridge is going to be really comfortable because it's an Ibanez bridge. Um, right. They put a lot of thought and effort into the little things like that. I have heard it said over the last couple of days as I'm doing research um, that many people prefer Ibanez trims to um, Floyd's, like actual dyed-in-the-wool Shaler Floyd's. Now, if I buy one of those Gem Juniors and uh, you know, in a year or so when I figure out what I'm doing with it, if I'm going to replace the tremolo, guess what I'm doing? I'm not putting a fucking Ibanez trim in it because they're expensive. I'll put I'll put a a, a shaler in there or something. I mean, you can yep. do a you can do a full shaler tremolo system for like hundred bucks, you know, or hundred and fifty bucks. Like it's not even that bad. Not not compared to you know an Ibanez trim that'll cost you two hundred bucks used. Um, so, and that's because the parts are all proprietary. Hey, you lost a pad for your for your locking nut. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. Yeah. yeah, and you can't you even go to your. Me? You can't even go to your local guitar shop to get uh, it unless they there's carry Ibanez parts. There's a little bit of. Eh. So some of the some of their nuts will accept the pads from the Floyd Rose systems. From my understanding, most of them will. If you get a pad that's way too small, what'll happen is you'll pull the guitar sharp when you when you lock it down, which could be dealt with <laughs> by by the fine tuners, <laughs> but. <laughs> Said nuts. Oh, good God. So, it was funny when I said hard D and soft D because those are actual guitar uh, things, Jim. Yeah, I just got a friend request from Jade Hawkins. Oh, my God. Uh, And she's obviously real because she said her nude photos are here. I'm telling you right now, Jim gets more like solicitations from hookers through his Facebook account than anyone (laughs) I've ever seen. I have. I didn't even know this exists. It's because I always have that one friend that's a freaking moron that actually friends these idiots. And by any, by anyone I've ever seen, what I actually mean is I didn't know there were hookers on Facebook. I didn't. (laughs) So Jim gets them and no one else I know does. Her (laughs) private video is here. Oh my God. Her sex photos are here. Oh, her sex photos are there. How about that? Do I know you? Because you look like you could be my next boyfriend. Well, um, you know, I was just thinking. Wow. But she anyway, just assumed your gender, yeah. Jim. I know. it. That's I, bullshit. I'm, I'm so hot. So uh, anyway. Oh. Moving right along. 
Um, <laughs> my SG is not getting as much use as it should. Jim, don't get out your credit card. What are you doing? <laughs> what? I just paid for, for full access to that. Ooh. <laughs> um, oh my so, God. No, Jim did not get out his credit card. I'm just, I'm just abusing him because I know, and I, I know there is an implication with the audience that when we do a podcast, you can't see us. And so That's I can right. make up things that Jim's doing in case you weren't aware. Right. Cause I can sit here in my underwear. So anyway, um, which I'm not folks, I am wearing shorts. So, uh, <laughs> this is why I can't stand up during the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, what was that? Uh, what was that? Will Ferrell movie when he was the, uh, um, he was a spot or, or not a sports podcast or not a sports. Oh, caster, oh, Anchorman. Like, Anchorman. Yeah. It was an Anchorman. Yeah, that's what he was. All right. All right. So one, um, one more thing uh, before we go on. But one more right, thing, because we're talking about let's do one more, pamphlet, one more thing. What are we I, have talk been, about? I have a I have a confession for the audience. Yes. Regularly, we get about halfway through an episode and you will hear the sound of like a, a pencil rolling against the table or something like that. And what that is, is actually me taking off my belt during the podcast. <laughs> I have been so successful at it until recently that Jim did not know I had been doing it for like four months. <laughs> Moving oh. on. <laughs> So I have one more item that I, I posted. Oh, we I don't need to talk to about this. So, well, no, this is a good one. Um, I posted this. This is a, um, a guitar that I, I saw at Guitar Center. Because I put some... So last week, if you listened, uh, those of you who want to listen back, um, I mentioned a, a Telecaster. I took some close-ups because I was sure that I saw... This, it, was, it was a Chinese modern player. And it was, yes, it was yes, player. yes. It is a Chinese modern player. I was confused about what Jim was telling me the guitar was. And I yeah. thought he was trying to tell me it was like some 60s player guitar or something. Yeah, no, no. And then when I realized yeah. it was a modern player, I was like, no, that's Chinese. Yeah. The new modern players. Oh, they got, you know, it's so hard to figure out the series. Like, I think there's a modern player that's Chinese, but there's a something player that's Mexican now. So the it's Mexican. Like so, so here's the deal. There is an American professional line. But yes. everything else comes from but wherever the fuck elite. and and where everything else comes from, whatever the fuck they want, because yeah. Fender is basically breaking down the lines between the production of Mexico, China, Japan, um, because for those of you who didn't know, there were still some guitars being produced in Japan, yes. um, a very small still limited number last year or this oh, year. Gosh, I don't think it was that. I mean, I, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was like re- really recent, like last year, this yeah. year. But it's possible that they went away three or four years ago. But I know that like some of the um, the like the sixties reissue, seventies reissue type guitars were being produced in Japan still, um, and not not the whole run, from my understanding. Like some of them were being produced here, and some of them were being produced there. Uh, that that's my understanding. Now I don't know if that's true or not. This is just things I've read. I don't go to the store and look up their skirts to find out when they were made or where they were right. made. So, so yeah. So while I was there, I took some pictures. Um, there's some really, I mean, if you if you flip through my um, my post, there's some really good prices in there. That Dean, the Paul Reed Smith, the Gibson SG, the Ibanez. Um, there's a um, there's a Schecter in there that's really nice um, that I got a close up of. Uh, but there's this interesting guitar, folks. There that it, it may be sold because I may have talked somebody into buying it because I was going to buy it before I walked out. 
And I was going to get it just for a wall hanger because it's it's 80 bucks. And what it is, somebody took a Stratocaster. Oh, that fucking thing. And they laser etched. They did a really good job. They took a really good Stratocaster. No, and it then, was a shitty. It's a Squire Bullet. Oh, I thought it was a. I thought it was like one of the uh, the eighty Squires that came from no, Korea no. Or, or not Korea That's Japan a, or whatever. No, it's a it's a freaking Squire Bullet. And what they did because the the owner while I was there, uh, not owner, but the manager while I was there, because I pointed out to him, I said, "Dude, this is awesome." And he goes, "Who took in this turd?" Yeah. <laughs> and then they they pointed out it was. Uh, I'll say his name because nobody knows him. Um, Raphael and and I said I said don't give Raphael shit for this you're going to double your money triple your money on this piece of shit I said because people will buy this to hang it on the wall it's got Brian May's signature on it Stevie Ray Vaughan Jimi Hendrix Eric Clapton never mind that they were all Richard. dead before Squire even existed as a as a guitar company Eddie Van Halen um, Joe Walsh Joe Perry um, Rick Hammett uh, some, some, I can't read, uh, but I, I got to tell you right now, I don't know if that one says Amy Grant or what, but I got to tell you, cause I've seen, you know, the hit, you know, the signatures of these guys and different things. They did a good job faking it. It's obvious that, that Stevie Ray Vaughn did not sign this Jimmy Hendrix cause there was no Fender Squire bullet sixty in the nineties, but still Jim. That guitar's legit. That probably you know that guitar's probably like a fifty-seven, and then they put a fucking squire neck on it. You know what they actually did? I bet you <laughs> that they had because <clears throat> I thought I saw a flux capacitor in the um, output. Oh circuit. fuck! Yep. So they what they Is did it, was, was it they a bumblebee flux capacitor? Yeah, they tossed it down a set of stairs at eighty-eight miles an hour, and it went through time. Oh and, shit! Uh, <laughs> Six-point trim. Yeah, they had a pile of these. Uh, <laughs> so this morning, I was driving to work, and I got my car up to 88 miles an hour, and it still didn't allow me to go back in time. I was fucking pissed. <laughs> oh, and they had a warlock there that actually, I got to tell you, I should have taken some. Oh, books. that fucking warlock, yeah. It's yeah. gorgeous. <clears throat> it's still a warlock, if, though. I'm just saying, if people <laughs> wanted a warlock, I mean, a real yeah, it BC looks really good. Warlock, that thing is in pristine, dude. BC Rich, BC Rich is coming back, man. Like they got so I don't know who owned them before, but somebody else bought them, and like they've revamped their line and stuff. They're putting out some of the best guitars they've put out in probably ten years. Um, yeah, I gotta agree. I I know that. Like from the night mid nineties on, BC Rich was horrible. They were the yep. butt of all of our jokes. Yep. I know I've talked about it on this show, but there's a warlock that I played one time where the guy one with a tribal tattoo. No, oh no, I played that one too. That's awful. Um, no, this is <laughs> worse. This is worse. It makes a Fender Squire bullet so look like everyone, a, a Les Paul custom. Everyone has seen the black warlock with a rosewood neck. And the maple or the maple neck and the rosewood fretboard, right? Yeah. Everybody has seen that, right? With a stop tail and all that. Yep. So this guy improved his by taking the bolts out, putting glue in the <laughs> holes, and then putting the screws back in. <laughs> he made his warlock a set neck warlock. Now, funny part is there was glue coming out of the joint onto the neck while I was playing this thing. I'm looking at it, and there's actually glue sitting there that dried 
while I'm playing, I'm like, well, that's some sloppy craftsmanship. And then I flipped it and I realized, oh, no, it's a bolt on. <laughs> that's that fucker's fault. <laughs> All right. So I want to talk about one more thing before we go today, if, if we have some time. So another podcast had, had um, mentioned that um, there was um, no uh, – they were talking about the, the Gibson thing. Whole Gibson, the new 2019 lineup, and the you know pricing and all the other stuff. And I don't want to get too much into it, but I looked at the pricing and I did I did a comparison. And I want to put some um, for next week. I want to put some numbers together. But in reality, neither Gibson nor Fender have really raised their relative prices to the quote unquote cost of gas and cost of food and cost yeah. of living really at all. Neither one of them. They're both no. been relatively the same as they were. The other thing, um, and they and they did point that out. But the other thing that they mentioned was that uh, Fender and Gibson aren't in the same like. Uh, they really they're aren't. Comp- the they're not in competition with one another. And, and I, I have to I, agree. dude, I'm not going to hide behind who they are. This is sixty cycle hump. They did they did right. some videos on YouTube. So if you want to go watch them, they're great videos. Yeah. Um, the comment sections yeah, are they, hilarious. Yeah. And um, yeah. So what they're basically saying is that like. Well, first off, they even admit that this is all clickbait. But but what they're saying is that like, so we co- may as well take no, advantage of it. There's no, cl- there's no, yeah, right. There's no, there's no advantage to saying that you know, like Gibson has gotten more expensive and they're out of the uh, the realm of affordability. However, what we need to take into to concern when we're looking at these arguments is that number one, the disparity between the middle class and the upper class has changed significantly. The middle class has less money than they ever have, and the upper class has more money than they ever have. So um, for the average musician trying to buy a Les Paul standard at, what are they, $3,500 now? Um, They're in the the $3,200 category. Think about it. Like if you – unless you're making, you know, $100,000 a year, that's really not an attainable thing. Can I I say something though as a a middle class person who's bought and sold and bought again several guitars? Mm -hmm. Um, if you're a gigging middle class musician, you can afford it. Your gig money is fine. You can afford it. You can pay for it with a year's worth of gig money. Yeah. And if you can't, if you can't buy it in a year, because you, then you're not gigging enough. Fuck it. You don't need that thing. Yeah. But here's the other thing I want to say. This is this is the big one. Let's say you're the weekend warrior that only wants to do two gigs of two gigs a month, um, twelve gigs a year. That's twenty four hundred dollars, right? Hmm. Well, you can buy a Gibson Les Paul Classic or Gibson Les Paul Traditional. And guess what? Those two are the traditional Les Paul standard. You get all these people going, oh, the dip switch and this and that and the other thing. That's the they're Gibson. Doing the same, and, they're doing the same thing that Fender's doing right now is they're right. rebranding the, the line. Elite. That's right. And they shouldn't call it the standard anymore. No, it They should, should call that the elite. the elite or something. They should give it a new name. Because honestly, that is not the standard. The traditional and the classics, those are the standard. And they are sub, sub $2,000, I mean, sub um, $3,000. And mm-hmm. you can find them. Like if you get last year's model, and don't tell me you can't find any last year's models in your area. Because you even will. my area, yeah, that's got you can shit find them. selections. You can find them. You got to um, look around. You might have to go to the shitty guitar center on the ugly side of town. but You can find them under two grand. Yeah. So, so you're you're talking about a year's worth of your of your hundred dollar gigs twice a month. You're not working that hard. Don't hand me your line of crap. And 
if you, but here's the thing that I do agree with them on. Okay. It's a, it, somebody who goes out to buy a strat is not out looking at, at, a, at a, um, Les Paul. They're not comparing strats to Les Paul's. You know what they're comparing strats to? Ibanez SGs, or I mean, uh, SGs, yeah. Ibanez S series, Ibanez RGs, Schechter, um, Sure. Uh, if you're up in that double cutaway gu- offset guitars. Paul Reed Smith. That's right. Other and and honestly, that market is more flooded than the glue set neck single cut market. Yeah, right now it is for sure. And that has Watch. to do, that has to. Oh, so this what I this is what I want to talk about. We, we, I'll give you the hypothetical situation for the other side of the, the video argument, right? Where they're talking about how. Um, when you when you go into if I go into a store right now, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I really want a Les Paul, and I you know, and I'm looking, I'm I'm in the store and I'm like, I need a Les Paul. Like, I'm experienced player, you know, I play every weekend. I'm not going in that store and thinking, geez, that Les Paul is thirty three hundred dollars. Like, I'll just buy a Fender Strat. That's not the way this works. Like, once you get to that level where you're buying guitars that expensive. That's not what you're doing at all. You're going in the store and you're saying, I need to set that guitar with two humbuckers and maybe a car, a car of maple top. So now you're going to look at things like an ESP uh, Eclipse or EC 1000 or whatever that that's where that goes. Okay. So that's right. And it, and it goes both ways. You're not going into the store buying a strat because you know, or buying a, buying a Les Paul because the, you know, the Strat is not expensive enough for you. That's that, that's not the way that works. Exactly. All of these companies not have after- options at the price points. That's right. And that's the thing. So the, the, um, uh, Les Paul has the, now it, it used to be the faded, it's called the tribute line. Um, then you've got your, uh, classics and your traditionals. I don't remember which one's a little less expensive than the other, but they're in the same category. Yeah. And then you've got your standard. If you go, um, if you're going to look at the at the bargain version of that, you're looking at a, a, uh, the PRS single cut SE, the SEs. You've got Epiphones, and you've got some stuff. I mean, somebody's got there is going to say Harley Benton. If you want to buy something online that you've never touched, sure, go ahead. I'm I'm not doing it. Well, I just um, did it, and uh, yep. fuck that. Yeah, you did it twice. You fuck that twice. Um. Well, no, I don't feel like I got burned as bad the first time. Well, no, I don't the feel like I got burned. Burn. I didn't get burned on the Shingsay. I knew what I was you getting myself intel on that one. Um, on on this one, I got burned, and this is the first I mean, time I've ever been burned buying something online from yeah. eBay or eBay. Reverb. Yep. So, so, but if you're going in to buy a Les Paul, you know what you're getting into. You know the money you want to spend. You know that you're going to be upwards of three grand. Is it too much money? Well, then look at something else. I mean, you wouldn't be looking at it if you didn't have $3,000, $4,000 in your pocket Um, or or two grand in your pocket. Uh, The next, um, you know, and and when it comes to Fender, you know, really, Strat or Tally. And and nobody can tell me because let's let's face it, the, the, um, what do they call it? The uh, divine trio or the... (laughs) You know, is the um, the, the holy, divine the holy trinity? Yeah, the holy Fender, trinity. Thank you, Gibson, and now PRS. Well, Although, yeah, but the holy trinity. If you got three guitars in your arsenal, what have you uh, probably got? A Tally, a Strat, and a Les Paul. There you go. You don't even 
the other companies don't even come into yeah. into view. Right, right. Paul Reed Smith, unfortunately, is still sitting out there um, in the periphery, Another as is years. Ibanez. As Another is, ten years. Yeah. Um, so we're we're looking at we're looking at a time where companies can um, come in, but you know, it, it, just like Warlock, BC Rich was an up and coming killer guitar in the seventies. I mean, that thing was awesome. People loved them. And then I don't remember what happened, but financial troubles. Um, oh, I do. I know what happened. You know what happened in the, in the uh, okay, so those of you not old enough, the mid-70s, early 80s killed us. There were a couple things financially um, in the world. You couldn't find a job. That was one thing. Because all of the labor work, you know, America used to make stuff. Yeah, there was Ooh, no, was manufacturing safe. was dying in the 80s. Right. And, and we were we were going into a new paradigm. And while that, that paradigm shifted, um, I, I know you guys can't imagine this, but you didn't own the phone in your home. Yeah. AT&T you rented it. did. Yep. You leased it. From you them. rented it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like your cable box. Right. So um, that was that was a, a, um, a paradigm shift in and of itself. In 1984, when uh, right. Mondo got broken up. So um, what I'm do- what I'm saying is. That also, you, you probably can't imagine this either. Do you know what mortgage rates were back then? 12%, 14%. That was the norm. Ask mom and dad what they paid for and it, interest rates. And it wasn't an adjustable rate mortgage either. No, that was 14% or 12%. That was your mortgage. Now, admittedly, your home, my, my parents, I remember my father um, looking at a house. $10,000. Yeah. And yeah. That was around 1970. You can't touch a house. You can't touch a house where I'm at right now for under 200,000. You just can't. Yeah. Not one and you want to live in. <laughs> yeah. I'm lucky enough that my home, my little house here in this little, little quaint um, neighborhood that um, I live in uh, was only 165. But I got to tell you, the houses literally, literally, but you're, but you're in Virginia beach. Like you're on beachfront property pretty much wherever you no, are. No, I'm, I'm 20 miles from the beach. No, no, I know. But I'm, I'm just saying yeah. like, you're in, you're in an ocean area. Like that's, yes. you're, you're going to pay through the nose. Oh yeah. You go, you go inland want- to the other side of Virginia and you're going to get a yeah. house for like 20, $30,000 in some places. Oh, uh, well, in the backwoods. You know, under a hundred thousand. There's some that are under a hundred thousand. But I'll uh, tell you, you, you go towards you go one street over, and they're three hundred fifty, four hundred thousand dollars. No, I'm this, just start, I'm not talking about like in your area. I'm saying like on the other side of Virginia, like what on the western side of Virginia or whatever. There are some yeah. really inexpensive places. Oh yeah. So, oh yeah, but they're and but they're clapboard houses, literally. Yeah, yeah, they're forget. It's like a shack. But, <laughs> yeah, but my point is, so back then when a guitar was like, I remember buying my um, uh, flying V two. I've told the story many times. I bought that for five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars, nineteen eighty-two. Go expensive. try to find it. Go try to find a flying V for for five hundred bucks these days. That is an <laughs> actual Gibson, yeah. brand new off the shelf. Good luck with that. <laughs> oh wait, you might find a faded. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, that's what I'm saying. And, and you may find a faded for five hundred dollars off the shelf, but um, not a not a carved mahogany body, maple cap, all that monstrosity like a like a uh, a flying V two or whatever the hell it is. Hey, they go for they go for anywhere between three and four grand. Well, yeah, but so does anything else from Gibson from that period. <laughs> yeah. 
But, it, you know, uh, all I'm I saying could buy is a, Jim, I'm, here's my litmus test. Sorry, I got I to get my comedy bit in here. I could buy a Gibson Marauder for five for three or four grand. Yeah. Put it in the I, same category because the Gibson Marauder is shit as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I remember when gas pumps had to be changed. Does anybody know why they got the point nine at the end of that thing? Remember when gas pumps had to be changed because they couldn't but they couldn't bill above a dollar. They weren't built to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I know some people remember the early 90s when the price of gas was under a buck. Memories. Like the quarters of my mind. And, and that's the thing. Well, how, much, how much do you pay for a, a, a gallon of milk like, versus then, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. So my point is, um, if you're going to go look at a Gibson, you're looking at it for a Gibson. You're in the you're in. Yeah. You're in the Gibson mindset or you're in the Fender right. mindset. It's one or the other, right. not both. That's right. You're not just going or, to the store like, I got three grand. I'm going to buy something. You know, like right. it's not how it works. Or you've got that money and you're going after your holy trinity. Right, right, right. So in my. Um, now, what's your what's your take on that? No, I agree. Um, I just think that that making the assumption that, you know, because the rate of inflation is this, that somehow this is where the prices should be is. is um, it's a little little nearsighted in the fact that, look, people it is people don't make the same amounts of money they did. For one thing, the population has shifted. We have more people in the workforce than we did then. So there's less money to go around, which uh, disposable income. My parents had disposable income when they, when my dad was working, when, when he wasn't in between jobs. Um, my wife and I, there is no disposable income. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Um, and basically like w- w- between her and I, what we make right now with our two jobs is equivalent to what my dad was making when he was in his mid forties. So that's how much inflation has happened. Like, Go from actually having disposable income and a a hefty retirement fund and all that stuff to having basically what you can put on the table, you know? Um, Yep. I I agree with you wholeheartedly. So I'm just saying like, there's not as much income unless you are somehow supplying your gear habit through actually playing um, to go around and buy some of these really expensive. But that doesn't mean the Gibson doesn't produce a guitar for you. They do. Um, but the thing is, I, 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 my complaint is that the low end of the Gibson line has severe quality issues and really doesn't live up to right. the high end of the Gibson line. And it should, right. And they shouldn't do that. No. That, I, we've talked about that. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. There's no excuse for a $1,000 instrument. I don't care what company it comes from to be shit these days. It should always no. be it should of be the highest really, quality. really good. Um, especially when you've got your competition is people like Ibanez. I right. mean, well, I mean, they're Already not met? necessarily co- competing, you know what I mean? But, but Shepherd. if I, if I'm looking at, I'm going to compare the quality of a thousand dollar guitars to determine what I'm going to buy, which you might do that. You might actually say, you know, I got a thousand dollars to burn. I want a new guitar. I don't know what I want. You go to the store and you look at a couple different ones and kind of get a feel for what you're looking at. Um, you're going to sit there and you're going to go, I can buy a thousand dollar Ibanez. Or I could buy a thousand dollar Gibson faded. Like what the fuck? Why would you ever do that to yourself? Yep. That's 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 where I'm at. Like I don't think so. My my criticisms of Gibson are that they don't really have a good low end. They need to figure yeah. it out. If that means they need to reduce the features on their low end guitars, then they need to do that. If that well, means dude, that's what, they need yeah, to, that's why I'm getting that candy apple red strap. 
I don't think that there's any reason that I should pay $800 for the same thing that I'm going to get for 500. Well, about 450. So I'm not talking about going to the Mexican or American, I mean American. I'm talking about staying in the in the Mexican lines and going down. Yeah, $800 yeah. is the top end of those import lines. Yeah, I mean I unless it's something super specific you're after, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't know. I I'm just like I'm I'm fried at this point. Um I think we've said all we can say about this really. I yeah. it's just go watch the videos. Uh give 60 cycle hum, you know, some credit for putting together yeah. some some decent material actually. Definitely. Um Definitely. they they put a lot together, a lot of good material. I know it's not their their show is not everybody's cup of tea, but um when they do stuff like this, it can be it can be enlightening cuz uh for well, Steve is Steve is basically a scientist. So he put all the math together and it's it's really entertaining to watch when he talks about, you know, the comparisons between this and that. And, um, I don't want them to feel like we're stealing their uh, thing. We we actually kind of have a little different opinion on it. I, I In fact, I think I've even commented as the show on those videos, if you look yeah. down in the comments. But, um, yeah, I I agree and disagree in different ways. And I think yeah. you basically said the same thing, Jim, so. Yeah, I think that the only the only thing that I would disagree with is that there is this there is this um uh, misnomer that Fender is inexpensive because the no. thing is that Fender Fender goes ahead and says, hey, you know what, our import line is Fender too, and it's not. No, the Mexican guitars. Well, no, actually, I would disagree completely. I would say Fender has decided that an import is good enough, and they decided a long time ago before everybody else did. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that you. It's not fair to to um, compare an import line. See what I mean? Uh, the 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 um, import line to the yeah, American no, base line. No, and sure. say that's the price difference. Sure, you can't, can't well, do that. sure. Um, except that Gibson could do the same thing, and they've elected not to. They could. That I'm not saying they can't. Well, that's why that's that's an interesting that might be a change that they make. Well, that's what I've been asking is like, when are they going to start realizing that they have other options other than China for producing Epiphone? No, like is Epiphone really that shitty of a guitar that they don't they that so like it's not a shitty guitar, but I'm just saying like if Epiphone is Gibson's squire, then why don't they compete at the same price points? You got Epiphones going all the way up to a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah. You've got uh, um unfortunately the $1000 ones are are the ones you would never buy cuz those are signature guitars. But Oh no, they've, um, they've done some uh they've done some like they did elite uh Les Pauls and stuff from the Epiphone line at one point. Yeah. My, were, I, I would never buy them cuz I don't like the fucking headstock. Yeah. I mean, if anything, Gibson standardize your goddamn designs. Nobody wants to see that fucking headstock anymore. That Epiphone headstock is an atrocity. Yeah. I don't care that you own Epiphone. I don't care that Epiphone used to be some popular guitar company. I'm just fucking sick of it. If you're going to put out a Les Paul, the headstock should be part of the goddamn design. Nobody's going to expect to see a Fender with a Telecaster head. Oh, shit. They did that, didn't they? Yes, they did. Never they, mind. It was the Marvel Universe Ultimate. Um, they can go. Uh, DC crossover. You know what? <laughs> they can stick the guitars in sand so the necks are straight up in the air and and spin on it them was, until they fucking get to the the uh, the heel. 
it was Bruce Wayne wearing Spider-Man outfit and um, Peter Parker wearing the Batman outfit guitars. <sighs> that was what it was. They made firewood is what they made. And you know what? <laughs> I have evidence that they made firewood. Everybody got on board. Oh, these are, look, look, these are fucking amazing. These are fucking great. Yeah. These are fucking wonderful. And then what fucking happened? They now they're on, on sale. sale over at Sweetwater <laughs> and closing yep. them out. They won't even publish the fucking prices because they're nope. ugly as sin. Yep. Yep. They won't even, they can't give them away. Nope. They, these are, these are awesome turds. Alternate hey, universe. You know, alternate like, universe. Take your alternate universe and go live in it. <laughs> and as you can tell, David has uh, has definitely not enjoyed the release. I of had a brownie part. before this show, and the sugar is kicking in. So, yeah, I think that since we went over anyway already. Oh yeah, uh, just, oh yeah. This is a this is an anniversary pre anniversary extravaganza. That's right. We know you. I, do, we do everything big here. We have two episodes a week. I mean, come on, right, <laughs> guys? You know. Where are you going to get this much content unless you go to CNN? And, it, and there you're going to get false news. And there's we'll plenty of people news. yelling on CNN, too. <laughs> and let me tell you something. I'm not going to say anything about Fox either because that's a, oh, gosh. That, that's another false news <laughs> location. But anyway, um, I, I don't listen to American television. Um, so the, the um, or news, at least. Unless it's local because I do want to know. I, uh, they actually, a house, a few houses up from me exploded the other day. Exploded. Mm-hmm. It blew up. So if you look up Chesapeake, Virginia house explosion, you'll see it. Um, and you can see Jim standing two, in his window, creeping on the on the uh, filming crew. Two people were inside, oh. um, and yeah, they were both in critical condition. One has passed away. That's so terrible. We're we're kind of praying for the other one. Anyway, um, all that sadness aside, the um, the thing that that bugs me about Gibson. Let's just stick with the Gibson thing, since it's it's clickbait. Um, is this they they should just turn Epiphone it, I understand that legally they had some line they drew and they just turn the the line of Epiphones that are Gibsons the SGs and the Les Pauls and the Explorers just turn them into Gibsons just yeah. call them Gibson and then put you know something some moniker like Fender did yeah. underneath Right. Well, Change I would use stock, I would use Epiphone. I would continue to use Epiphone as the as the underbrand. Just yeah. change the price point. Say, um, I don't know who's making Epiphone right now. I don't follow Epiphone because I really don't give a fuck about Epiphone. I'm, I'll be completely honest with you. I those guitar. Look, I know there are people out there. Like I remember when I was coming up in guitar, and I would see people in these forums like, "Yeah, Epiphones are perfectly fine. Like they're really good guitars." And there's yeah, a and, lot of and, good and, ones. And, and you know what? That's probably true. But they're not for me because I don't want something with that fucking headstock. Like, I, I'm serious, man. It really, really bothers me because Fender doesn't do that. Squire just has a different logo on it. It's the same fucking headstock, uh, you know, either, you know, 70 style or whatever. And then the same thing with the, the Telecasters. It's it's the same headstock. The, the, guitar, the, the Telecaster headstock and the Fender headstock are attached to the instrument, not the brand. And that's my problem. I don't buy a Gibson because it says Gibson on top. I buy the Gibson because I want an SG or I want a Les Paul. Okay. doesn't matter what brand is on there. I, boy, I'm a millennial now. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me that it says Gibson on the headstock as much. It could say Epiphone and be the Gibson shape and have a similar yep. like logo look. And I'd be thrilled. I'd be absolutely thrilled. 
And I would buy an Epiphone at that. But I still think Epiphone should stop where around about where Fender stops. Maybe they have a $700 Epiphone. You know, I think Squire stops at what, 500 now? Yeah. Um, that's, I there. can see that being the, the, the sticking point. Like, okay, so we're going to have one $700 Epiphone, but then everything else in the line becomes a Gibson. Well, you know what is kind of crappy then is handcrafted in China. And this is the thing that gets to me. So they're pissed off about these handcrafted in China things. The handcrafted in China, 900 bucks. For yeah, the dude. Les Paul Peter Frampton, though. Peter Frampton 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but I can go online and I can get the same factory workers to build me a guitar that yep. doesn't say that on the headstock and yep. pay, you know, a quarter of that. I, yep, I agree with you. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Agree with you. That said, this is one gorgeous guitar, but um, except for the headstock, except for the head. Actually, you know what? It works in the custom because that diamond inlay kind of takes your eye away from the um, the boat paddle. Jim, what am I doing right now? I know you're shaking your head. For me, it does. <laughs> it works for me. There are very few of them that work for me. This one works for me. You know that that works for me too. It works for me in my fireplace. Nine hundred dollar firewood. It's getting cold in here. I need to <laughs> I need to get warm. <laughs> I tell you, I yeah, I'll wait for a couple of them to go on sale used and grab one. Hey, the truss ride in there might be good. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the I guess, you know, how can you one hundredth anniversary unless Paul Custom? There's a one hundredth anniversary version of the Les Paul Custom in Epiphone. Guess what? Fucking headphone, or I mean, um, logo they used on the Wait headstock. Wait a minute, that's fucking confusing. So it's a 100th anniversary Epiphone. Less. So what is the anniversary? Is it an anniversary of Les Paul? Is it an anniversary? Because it's not an anniversary of Les Paul. Is it an anniversary <laughs> of Les Paul, like the guy, or is it the anniversary of Gibson? Or is it the anniversary of Epiphone? You know what I mean? Like, now it's getting really fucking confusing. What are they commemorating? <laughs> Les Paul's 100th birthday. Okay. But you know what it's got for the headstock? The Sheraton. It's got the Sheraton um, uh, branch, you know, with the flowers. Sure. So, so it's not my thing. Uh, so, I mean, look, if you like Epiphones, sound off in the group. It's fine. Like, I can handle it. I'm a man. Um I can handle it. Handle it like a man. But, but uh, I, I think you should look at the headstock. They actually changed the headstock on the uh, on the Frampton one. For my Take homework for next week's for my homework for next week's episode, I will look at the headstock. That's right. <laughs> I won't so, like it, but I'll look at it. <laughs> and it's only seven pounds and some ounces, so it's actually like yeah. Uh, so now, oh, so now they're using garbage wood over there too. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, I'm. Could I'm be. just that. That's hearsay and rumor. Nobody knows what the hell that is, but. It is really interesting that Gibson was having a problem getting mahogany and all of a sudden chambered guitars started coming out. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, who would have thought, you know? Um, just remember this. When you buy a chambered guitar or guitar with a carved top, you pay for the wood they cut away. <laughs> you do. You do. You pay for them to throw something extra wood. for the wood that they throw away. <laughs> In the garbage. Extra. Yep. Not, not just the, the – you don't pay for just the blank. You pay for them to actually grind it away. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You pay for them to buy the wood, 
and then to throw it in the garbage. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, I know, man. We live in a strange world. We live in a strange, strange world. And because of that, I have been Jim. And I have been David. And we have been... The Practical Guitarists. Woo! Yeah.